G'day, and welcome to Women's Baseball, The Inside Pitch. In 1999, in the western suburbs of Melbourne, Australia, 20 of the best women's baseball players in Victoria would step onto the artificial turf at Melbourne Ballpark in Altona and begin a legacy that remains unrivaled in the sport in Australia today. The event? The inaugural Australian Women's Baseball Championships. And now, in its 25th anniversary celebration year, the Victorian team has amassed one of the most enviable championships records, having won 13 championships while also reaching the podium in all 23 editions of the event. But where did it all start and who started it? Well, today we find out. We talked to Grant Weir, a former Team Australia pitcher and Olympian who went on to not just found the Victorian women's baseball program, but went on to coach the very first Victorian team and Australian team. We in Victoria owe a huge debt of gratitude to Grant, so here's his story. A welcome to the show, Grant. Hello, Amy, um, and really glad to be on, um, on your podcast. Now, I'm really honoured and privileged to have you on the podcast because if there's anybody, honestly, if there's anyone in baseball in Australia that could say that they are the, the godfather, the father, the inventor of women's baseball, I don't reckon there'd be anyone that would have claim that's stronger than you. Well, maybe now, because of age, I'm the grandfather or the great grandfather, Amy. Um, no, but what what we know that what we know, and and, and you've highlighted this on your podcast. Um, we thought we were fairly groundbreaking, but there was women in the 30s and 40s and 50s, and who were more groundbreaking than than us at the time. But but it was pretty cool when we did get started after such a long layoff. Yeah, and and I do touch on that with a podcast um, with a friend of mine, Tanith Harley. We talk about how in Victoria it started the 19. 19- 15 in a, in a girls public school competition there was actually a victorian women's baseball association that sent a victorian team to nationals between about 1933 and 1940 um so go back and listen to that episode but early 90s you're, you're working for baseball victoria and you've you've just completed your playing career which i, I want the i want the listeners to know like you're obviously a pretty bloody good baseball yourself. What what was your career? Oh, like I was an average baseballer, just trying really hard. Eh? I I got lucky a little bit, um, but it's actually a good lesson. I, I was telling someone the other night, under thirteens. Um, so this is way back. You know, this is early seventies. You know, I'm this I started baseball when I was six years of age. I was playing in the under thirteens at Faulkner Park, and um, I, I remember being on the. I, I we must have had ten. So I was on the bench as a six year old in the under thirteens. And uh, so I didn't start the game and I started crying. Uh, and I think my dad came over to me and said, what's wrong? And I said, well, if I'm not going to start, I'm not going to play. And like I was maybe six or seven years of age. So I was a little shit even then. Um, <laughs> and a competitive little beast at that. Um, and then, yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I made one under 13 team. I was the, I was the, ca- the reserve catcher, you know, and my, my hardly played. Didn't make an under 15 team. Two years in a row, didn't make the under 15 team. First year, tried out for the under-18s, thought I should have made it. Nah, didn't make it. Second year under-18s, I made it, and we took six pitches, and I was number five. I got the pitch against Tasmania. Tasmania had a team. So that was it. So I wasn't off to a great start, you know. And then uh, three years later, I was in the Victorian team, and two years after that, I was in the senior men's team. So I just kept ploughing along, you know. Um, I just kept going to training and turning up, and... That first year with the national team, they said, look, you're the third emergency or the fourth emergency. You don't have to go to training. And I said, well, I want to go to training. I remember training was out of Coburg. So I just go, go, go. Someone got hurt, someone got hurt, someone got signed, someone got signed. Next minute, I'm, I'm going to Canada. I'm nervous as hell. 1985. 
And then um, I played through to 89, including the 88 uh, Olympics, which was a, a massive highlight, obviously. I was an Olympic freak and Olympic nut, and here I am <laughs> at the Olympics. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I tried to hang in there. There were some surgeries along the way, and but I kept playing club ball for a little while after that and loved every minute of it. And it's just amazing. We could do a podcast on your entire playing career. I mean, the fact that I'd just love to talk to you about your Olympic experience. And look, we probably will do that in the future. But I mean, you go from under-13s being on the bench as a catcher to all the way to the Olympics. So determination is obviously truly in your blood. Um, yeah, yeah. And look, it was never... Um, and this is a bit as a coach I, I ended up not getting. Um, it, was, it was never a chore to go to training or it was never a chore to play. Um, and so I never thought about not going, I just went. And so when they said, you know, you're in the squad, let's go to training. You, there's no way you're going to make the team for the men's national, which was 85, the Intercontinental Cup in Edmonton. Uh, there was no question I would just go, you mm. know, and then, and then some things happened. And um, so, yeah, it was, um, I was a bit com- uh, obsessive compulsive. I wasn't, you know, I was six foot one, but I wasn't huge. I, I didn't throw hard. Um, I had a good slider, that was it. And I had some determination uh, and I never missed training for 10 years. So got me there in the end. Sorry, I was gonna say, do you have, apart from obviously competing for Australia, competing in the Olympics, is there a moment, is there a favorite, the thing that you always think back, was your favorite, your highlight, your... Oh, it was, I think, the Olympics, yeah, but, but generally just the Olympics. I think it was 87 or 88, we beat Chinese Taipei and I was the winning pitcher. Um, there was a game against China where I, against Japan, where I remember coming in and throwing sort of five five innings of shutout ball against them. But we did beat Chinese Taipei in a tournament. Tony Adamson hit a double off the wall in the bottom of the ninth, and I think I'd thrown seven, eight, nine or something and got the win. Um, but yeah, it was all all good fun. <laughs> well, you finished your career and you you moved into sports administration. You worked for Baseball Victoria. And that's sort of where we bring today, you, you did huge amounts of development, bringing baseball through schools, t-balls and things like this. And then I wanna, I wanna hear the story of women's baseball, where middle, mid, mid 90s, you're in the base, Baseball Victoria office, t-ball, baseball, ABL's going, where did women's baseball, the thought and the concept come? Um, well, office? I should preface this by saying, I've got no head for dates. I've got no head for times. I don't remember birthdays. It's a good thing I'm here. That's a good I'm thing not, I'm here. I'm not great. I'm, uh, the, the very first uh, women's team photo that's up on the, um, the website now, and I look forward to catching up with everyone during the women's nationals. Um, I, had to, I had to get help with some of the names um, because I, it's a long time ago. Yep. Um, and I'm not great with names, anyone. So if I miss someone, um, you know, in our little chat today, and I don't mention it, don't don't get too annoyed with me. Um, but oh, look, my job at Baseball Victoria, and I started there in '85, um, straight out of Teachers College. Um, my job was to get more players, or to help clubs get more players. And so, you know, you could probably accuse me of taking too long to come up with the thought bubble of, well, we're missing out on 50% of the population here. Mm. Seems a bit silly. So, um, you know, look, there was, there was other things. People that know me will know that, you know, I'm all for equality and I'm all for, uh, you know, no discrimination, et cetera, et cetera. So I have that, I've got that side of me, but I think probably the side of me that took over was, well, we need more players. 
where are they? All right, well, there they are, and let's go and, and do this. Um, you know, th th there would be other sides of me as well. Um, like, my, you know, you talk about all these players, women's players playing in the 30s and 40s and 50s. And my mum never got an opportunity to do that. She never played organised sport in her life. But I know because she was out in the backyard with me every, every night bowling cricket balls or hitting, you know, you know how hard it is to hit a fungo. Yep. You know, we, you know, it's not easy to do. My mum would hit fungo after fungo after fungo in the backyard or we'd go up to the primary school oval to hit fly balls up there and she'd hit ground balls. And then, you know, I'd pitch at her and she would, you know, she would bowl cricket balls at me and say, what do you want? Do you want, fight? Do you want quick? Do you want spin? What do you want? Um, Dad was away, sort of, he was working a lot um, and mum was more athletic than him anyway. So my mum would just, she was my, you know, my uh, coach. Mm. And that's amazing. I think I think we talk about a lot where women's baseball, we're, we're like the best players that no one's ever heard of because we, we're not, we don't have a great profile. But I actually think about that 60-year gap of the best players that yeah. never even had a chance to play. No, you know, it wouldn't have even been thought of. You know, my mum grew up in Collingwood in the Depression. It wouldn't have been thought of that she would even think about organised sport. And I know some did. Um, you know, but I'd go up and play tennis with my mum and my mum would not let me let her win. You know, she if she thought I was throwing a point or something, she'd abuse me. Um, <laughs> so there, there was that probably in the back of my head to say, well, yep. there's a whole group of our population missing out on playing this this game that I that I really love. So there was that side of it as well. And then, well, let's get more players. Mm. So uh, it was early 90s, so mid-90s. So in in that season, you started women's baseball in, in 94, 95. Um, I think, tell me about how I, I've heard of sort of, you put a call out to the clubs. I think the the, the entry for teams was free. What were yeah, you, look, we, what were we've you got a grant. Yeah, we've got some, well, I think I, I got a grant off, um, of Sport and Recreation Victoria. I can't remember the amount. You know, five to 10,000, which, you know, it was a reasonable amount. Um, so what we did, and it was Les Flower, um, was really heavily involved, and a sports consultant who was a friend of mine, Gail Rogers, and we were able to employ Gail to, to come in and help. Um, and we did some focus groups and, you know, et cetera, and we did a lot of consulting. Um, and I remember going out to some clubs, you know, in the consultation, process and if he was what I would do he was my pitch I'd go well I want to help you get another team or two and they go oh, yeah, okay we want to help you get some more players and then they'd go well you know Sundays are pretty full I go no no I think we can play Saturdays and they'd go okay and they'd go oh, you know it's you know it costs a little I, for the first year actually there's going to be no team entry fee and they'd prick up their ears a little bit you know, and I think we can supply a bit of equipment and I think we can help you out a little bit, but, you know, you've got to provide the players and the coaches and we'll, we'll help with some marketing a little bit. And they'll go, at this point, I've got them convinced that they want some more teams, a team or two. Yep. And then right at the end, I'd go, oh, by the way, they're women's teams. And I, there, there was nowhere for them to go um, at this point. Um, so it was, a little, it was almost, it wasn't trickery, but um, it was just saying, well, in the end, what's, what's the difference here? I'm going to, we, as Baseball Victoria, I want to help you get a couple more teams or a team or two. Mm. And in that first year, we did those things. You know, there were incentives in place um, and, you know, no team entries and we did provide some equipment and I think we helped with some uniforms and all of those things that any grassroots competition needs to get off the ground. It's very hard to, to start from, 
you know, virtually, virtually nothing. Mm. Um, we did understand that it was probably um, in our best interest to attach the women's teams to the men's teams to make a complete Oops. club with juniors and women's. Yep. It was going to be too hard. There was some chatter from a couple of women that will just go out and make our own teams. Um, which is bloody hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff, you know, grounds, uniforms, coaches, equipment, yeah. etc. It's it's tough. So um, yeah, and we were able to, um, you know, marketing wise, I, I think we we did some um, newspaper advertising. Um, Just for the younger people that are listening to this, newspapers are yeah, print. like yeah, you know, real things with paper and stuff. You know, I mean, in that first year we were inundated with players. We um, off the top of my head, eight hundred players. That's a lot of players. That's a lot. Um, yeah, it, it went crazy. Yeah, and, and there was, look, I think we realised there was always going to be this, and we made a big deal of it. Mm. I, I think we always thought that um, we were surprised by the numbers, but then we thought, oh well, there's this new factor. You know, it's this, it's this brand new thing, and we we were disappointed, but kind of not surprised that it dropped off a little bit over the next few years where. Someone had had a go at it and, you know, got all excited and someone had dragged them down there and it wasn't for them. Yep. It's a bloody hard game. I was about to say, they realise how hard it is. You've got yeah, to... it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's a tough game to market because you, you don't have a lot of success. And if you can't catch and throw, which a lot of people can't catch and throw, um, well, you can't play. Yeah. It's, you know, so... It wasn't as easy as everyone thought it was, and people found out it was difficult, and they were having no success at all. And um, and you know, you obviously in those not still now you get you get lopsided games because you get two or three half decent players on one team and a bunch of beginners on the other, and they get their you know pants pulled down. Yeah, and I think we I think you you said talked about the players and and had something like forty or fifty teams in those first few years. Yeah. Um, obviously, as you just said, there was a, a, a a variation in the skills, but you obviously saw in your high performance background, you saw there were some pretty talented players there. And, and, and within five years of that league forming um, in the mid nineties, we get to 1999 and the first ever Victorian women's team is selected. And I know that came off the back of a series of um, sort of some representative teams called the Victoria, the, the VBA flames there. I think the DBA was around, yeah. um, but, but how did, how did that Nationals, Altona, Melbourne Ballpark, 1999, and that first Victorian team, what um, what made you make that jump? Yeah, and it, um, well, it was just a natural progression. You know, we, we'd seen enough decent players to think that um, what's next, and that is the next step, um, playing representative baseball. And as, yeah, as you said, we, we'd had a few representative teams and they'd been quite successful. Um and it was starting to grow, and obviously it had started in um, in a few other states as well. So it, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it was Les and I again who initiated it. Um, Baseball Australia was involved um, to some degree, but I think we made some phone calls and, so, and sort of just checked out what what the um, the appetite was for it. And there was there was appetite. I can't remember. I think we had four. Four teams or three or four teams in that first year at Altona. Yeah, in Altona you had uh, there was WA, New South Wales. There was, a, there was a touring team, from what I understand, from from the US. Um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah, like and that. and 
Victoria home ballpark at Altona. It looked a little different then. I've got a few photos. It looks a little different yeah. now than it did yeah. back well, then. Well, it looks a lot different. Um, yeah, and um, and we uh, look. We we had first uh, we had our tryouts, and mm. we had a stack of women turn up for tryouts. Um, first tryout was at um, Cheltenham. Yep. And um, we, I don't know, 60, 70, 80? I've, I've got no idea. Yeah. And in fact, you know, looking back on it, we should have put in two teams um, because we had enough decent players. And I ran the tryouts like I, you know, because I was scouting at that point. And I, you know, played in national. I'd seen how tryouts should happen and mm. I'd seen how people get selected. So I ran those like really hardcore, yep. you know, with the numbers and the, the tryouts and the sprints and the whole thing. And um, yeah, we got a pretty bloody good team out of it in the end. You did, and I, and I know you said we're all uh, dates and our numbers and our things are going, but obviously players. Um, what do you remember from that first team? I mean, some of the names of that team, um, pretty impressive. Yeah, well, now you're starting to throw names at me. <laughs> um, I should have had that. We should have it up over here. Um, yeah, look, it, we I think we picked sort of 18 or 20 when we really could have picked about 13 or 14. And it was really hard because, especially the pitchers, I had to get across that in this tournament, you may only get to pitch three or four innings, which was, you know, it was this real balancing act. And look, after day one, I think we saw that we, at this point, were way ahead of everybody else. So, you know, I, was, I stopped doing any forward scouting or anything like that. I had a look on day one and thought, okay, we're, you know, we're a lot better than everybody else at this point. And I, I think... Our numbers were better, so we had more to choose from. But I, I forget the the time frame, but from the time we picked the team and had all the squad training um, and then picked the team, we trained our asses off, mm. you know. Um, and I think some of the, the the women still come back to me and say, you know, that thank you for doing that. We didn't like you at the time. Um, but we really trained, trained quite hard. Yeah, um, I've heard I've heard some of the stories. I wasn't in the first few teams. I didn't come along till 2002. But some of the names on that 99 team, you've got obviously Simone Wern. Um, well, Simone Wern. We had Sam. Sam we had Serena um, Stokes. Um, we had Kelly Manzi, I think. A left-handed catcher. Left I, and, I, and I took some convincing. They said, you've got to look at her. You know, and I'm going, no, nah, 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 it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And then I saw her throw out runners by about... <laughs> you know, 15 metres at one point. And I go, okay, we can put the left-handed catcher in there. Uh, um, you had the Clark sisters, Di and Pam. Yeah, Di and, um, and, yeah, and look, Di and Pam were from a softball background. Yep. The others had played softball, but they'd sort of come along and I saw them as baseballers where Di and um, Pam, I saw as softballers who were then converting over into baseball. But they were both, both really talented. Um... We had Shani Ross, I think. Is that her? Uh, Shandell um, Ross. Shandell Ross, that's right. Sorry, Shandell. You'll be listening to this. Um, who was a really good player as well. We had... Um, I else? think there was Emma Binks. Um, oh, Binks. Yeah, J- Jade, really Jade Huff. Another, we had yeah. Huffy who could really play. Um, again, sorry, I, I'm missing half the names in this team. That's okay. Um, we will have but, all the names on a link. We will um, oh, be good. unveiling the um, complete history and selection order of the Victorian yep. team. So there is a full list of 20 players. Yeah. Um, um, so, um, look, they were talented and we worked hard. 
Yep. You know, really worked hard, and I, I, I probably um, apologise for not remembering everyone's name. Um, but uh, look, in some regards, we should have put in two teams and maybe had squads of fifteen, so everyone just played a bit more mm. because um, not everyone got to play a lot, which was disappointing. And probably one of the things I, you know, I look back and I go, oh, yeah. It, but you know, and they were all stars in their club. You know, they're all been yep. playing a couple of years. They're all getting games and. Here am I saying, well, you know, you've got three innings or four innings or something as a pitcher for the whole tournament, mm. which was really difficult. So, but um, no, 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 some really, some really uh, cool memories out of that. And yeah, we won. And um, I remember we were, we were super organised too. Um, you know, with just our organisation and the way that the players, the players took it really seriously. And I, I think I remember the other teams for the first year or two at least just being really intimidated by our players, yep. just the professionalism of what they what they did and how they went about it. And um, it was yeah. and it was still there. I mean, you you went on. We'll talk about it in a sec. You went on coach three years, and I remember when I came in in two thousand and two to provincials. I I was in awe and in complete fear of the Victorian team. You you coached those three years, ninety nine and two thousand in Altona. And then 2001, you got to go and play at the Sydney Olympic Park. That would have been amazing for... for yeah, that was good. Yeah. You did not lose a game in those th- in those three nationals. Then the amount of pitches, I remember you take massive squads away and even to the first Australian team, there was just so many pitches. Do you think you... you? I think now these days we see so many two-way players. Man, I think the Australian women's team's got some three-way players. Um, but back then it was very... Pitches were there, they had their cushion, they sat on their bench... They didn't get to hit yeah. that. Like- Look, they could all hit as well. Mm. Um, but I was probably a bit traditional about it and this is what happens and pitches are here and we've got our infielders and we've got our DH and, um, you know, any one of them. But they could all hit as well. You know, if you looked at Binks or Wern or mm. um, who Tarina Stokes or Joanne Ward or whoever yeah. else we had in there, um, you know, they were all good hitters. You know, really good players. They could have... They could have made the team in other positions. Mm. Um, you know, Pam, Pam pitched for us as well a little bit and, you know, went and played the outfield. And Sam Sam Hamilton wanted to pitch at any one point in time. So, no, no. It was fantastic and they were great. And, um, you know, they, they listened. We trained hard. Um, we instilled in them that you, you don't miss training, you know, that... Mm. Um, this was something that you take really seriously. I remember, um, I think, geez, I remember waking up. I was on the top of Mount Dandenong after a really big Christmas party, I think, um, on a Saturday night, waking up and then heading to Port Melbourne for training to get there at 8.30 for a nine o'clock start. And everyone at the party was just saying, what are you doing? You're mad, you know, you, you, you had a really late night. And I said, I can't miss, I, like, if I miss, you know, they can miss, you know. Mm. Uh, and if you miss once, you can miss twice or you can miss three times. So yep. that was the attitude the whole the whole team had at that yeah, point. Yeah, and we were talking just before about the dedication of the of the women. Like now, obviously, girls are very dedicated to the sport, but you were talking about the, the second, uh, sorry, the third Nationals in Sydney in 2001 and the girls all drove up there. Um, what were some of the things that you sort of saw, like how – you, you you see the league of their own movie and it's all about they just want to learn. It was just they frothed baseball. Was that the same thing you were getting from them? They, they just... Oh, yeah. They loved the game. They loved the game. And and a lot of them, um, you know, they, they were taking lots of interest in American baseball as well. You know, they all had their teams and, 
yeah, you know, and a league of their own had come out around just before that, and we all loved that movie so much. And um, you know, I remember saying, "Oh, someone bought me a t-shirt," or someone where there was a t-shirt flying around saying, "There's no crying in baseball," because I'd seen a bit of crying at that point. <laughs> um, and uh, and um, but it was a joke, you know. It's like um, and and they were super serious about it. And then obviously we'll talk about you know, our first national teams that went away mm. where, where the women were still paying and, you know, to, you know, we saved money. We all, I remember having the, the small little Hyundai work car from baseball Victoria and we crammed four of three or four, no, four of us in the car with all our gear and everything and drove up to Sydney to save costs um, wow. and stayed in uh, summer soccer academy out in the Western suburbs out there, two to a room and, you know, we were making our own meals and, just trying to do whatever we could to yep. so to, like to keep the cost down. Yeah. Oh, look, one of your shirts, I might put it up in the alumni group. One of your shirts actually was basically Victorian on the back. It said, suck it up. So I've actually, I've actually cut that out cause I'm making a quilt and that's actually going to be part of my quilt. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I half remember that. And the girls used to take the, the, the PIWS out of me a little bit, but um, I, I remember it was one of the first tradings and one of the first trials or something like that. And I thought, Oh, and I probably went overboard as a bit of a hard ass, but I thought I needed to. Um, and up until then, the the male coaches that they'd had were all their friends, and yep. you know, and uh, they'd be a boyfriends occasionally, and da da da. And I, I I knew that we needed to to be quite serious about this. And I remember I was down at Cheltenham, and I don't know some random player, and um, I said, "Oh, how are you going?" And whoever it was started to have a conversation about, "Well, I'm like this and this and this and this." And I said, "Look, I actually, don't really care." And which I was really abrupt about it and a bit of a dick, I suppose. Uh, but I actually didn't. <laughs> so you, you talk about being going too hard, but you talk about that, the, the respect and the, I guess, the fear and the awe that all the other teams had and, and people that were sitting outside the team. And I'm someone who was on the Provincials, my first Nationals in 2002. But you talk about the way those girls are trained and I think you did instill something that actually then went on to pretty much kind of prop up women's baseball. Um, you talk about the likes of Simone Wern, who's obviously very um, still to this day synonymous with Springvale Baseball Club, state coach, Australian coach, Samantha Hamilton at Doncaster. Um, obviously the likes of um, Tarina Stokes and, and Paula Papanicola and people like that have been yeah. around the Waverleys and we've seen some of those. We still see your traits today. And I know that there's a different style of coaching I guessed in these days, but back then, I always said back then, it's 25 years ago, it was, it was hard. I remember the Gary Bitmeads and even the Don, Matthew Sheldon Collins, we had, we were bloody lucky to have mm. such great coaches at the start of our program. Uh, and look, probably coming off a low base, there's a couple of ways you can go. You can be nice and, you know, let's mm. try to do it. Or yep. let's fast forward this. Let's jump yep. five or 10 years ahead of really where we should be considering, look, they, they've been playing for, two years you know they might yep. have everyone's played a total of 30 games yep. ever you know and so let's let's fast track this um which they're able to do and there were some good athletes amongst them um i probably ran more than i would now you know going on long distance not long distance runs but there was a bit of running going lots on of and poles for the pitches lots of poles which is just <laughs> you know we yep. didn't really need to do any of that we should have been doing more base running and hopefully 
things have changed a little bit since then. Yep. But I remember a couple, there was a couple of the women came up and said, oh, thanks. And I said, oh, yeah, what for? And they said, oh, look, we've been doing more running than we've ever done. And I've dropped a couple of kgs, which I, which they were really quite happy about. Had nothing to do with their baseball because I was still baseballers. But I thought, okay, yeah. Yeah. little side benefit. But I got to know them really quite well. And, um, you know, with, I was never, i would never been, I had to be, I knew that I had to be standoffish as well. Mm. Um, I, I, given that now and as adults, I'd be less standoffish. Um, you know, I don't, well, there was no Facebook back then. There was no social media, but you know, I, I, I just kept saying, oh, I'm not your friend, you know, yep. you know, now it's great to see people afterwards and it'll be great to catch up hopefully, um, with a whole lot to say, yeah, I actually kind of am your friend, you know, because yep. we're, we're all yep. old, a bit old now. Yeah. Well, as we said, you coached those first three nationals and um, obviously Victoria winning all three, not losing a game. The first Australian team was announced after that Sydney nationals and 18 of the 20 that would go away to that World Series in uh, July in Canada in 2001 were Victorians, 18 of the 20. That's (laughs) pretty Um, impressive. Well, and... Yeah, I remember picking the team and um, I think Sean Smith was involved from New South Wales. There was a whole bunch. And look, it, it was a bit embarrassing, but it was what it was. Who were the others? Renee Stramitis, was she? Yeah, and Christina Kreppel, too. I think both, both kids at that stage. Yeah, kids at that stage. I mean, there was a lot of kids on that yeah. team. Um, like and they were both like really good players. Mm. Renee Stramitis could really play. You know, yeah. I, I we've named a whole bunch of Victorians um, that, you know, really could play. Who else was on my list there? Uh, oh, and we'd forgotten Shay Lillywhite, you know, so, you know, one of the greatest players in the history of our game. You know, I remember her as a, I saw her as about a 15 or 16 year old playing, I think I first saw her at Moravin somewhere. She was probably playing with the boys and I thought, oh, wow, you know, I didn't even know whether we had a team at that point, but I remember seeing her and just going, God, she, her hands were beautiful, Like she can really play. Um, who else did I have down here? Kelly. Um, Katrina Stokes, you know, just fantastic. Um, Sammy Ham, Simone Wern. The couple of it now, yeah, and then Renee Stromitis came along and I thought, yeah, she she can play. She had um she was a super athlete as it turns out. She ends up, you know, playing um what NFL like gridiron and um she I think she was doing uh, what else did she do? She's at done some cricket. Point? She's done, I think. Yeah, she's done everything. She's an amazing athlete out of out of New South yeah, Wales. And um, Christina Krepol was, yeah, Krep was uh, brilliant as well. Um, and then there might have been a few more knocking on the door, but every one of those eighteen Victorians deserved their spot. And uh, and when we do did go away, you know, that first year they um, they were a super team. You mm. know, I think we ended up winning a bronze medal or something. Yeah, and there was a few World but Series. That and... was before that. Yeah, a few World yeah, Series, well, that 2001. Yeah, World Series. Yeah, 2001, 2002, 2003, there were some World Series. But then 2004, so you coached that 2001 World Series and then um, you left, but you came back. So 2004 World Cup, first official cool. World Cup, yep. was in Edmondson. That was your, you were just saying before, that was the side of your 1985 Australian team. Um, as a player, but we went 2000, yeah, yeah, 2004 went to the World Cup, but the team is a lot more balanced. We saw uh, the Nationals that sort of had become more balanced over the next few years, and that team was, um, yeah. Oh, look, we had some good players on that team too, and I look, if you asked me to reel off the, the whole squad, I'd, I'd probably struggle, but No, I I remember, this is about Victoria this episode, so yeah, we, we don't care about um, those other Oh, ones. yeah, but some <laughs> of the players, 
No, Chelsea Falcon was on that team as a 16-year-old, you know. I love that. Love that kid, you know. I remember, I think it was after the final, and I saw her crying, and I thought, oh... Um, I thought, oh, you know, it's all just got too much for her. You know, it's a big bit. Obviously, she's a young kid. She's 16 years of age. And, you know, we just lost. And I said, oh, um, you know, how are you going? And da-da-da-da-da. I showed my, my nice touch there to, to see um, how she was. And I remember her saying, I just hate losing. And I went, oh, geez, I like you. Um, and little did I know that she was going to go on and, yep. you know, play Olympic softball at that point. Well, don't, um, don't, don't the- age her. She actually turned 15 while we were away at, on that trip. Yeah, yep. She oh, turned oh, no, fifteen, and oh, she, no. I think, herself oh, no. and um, was it Katie and Shane young... all got awards at the end of that tournament. She's yeah, fifteen years old. and the she young a world catcher couple. from New South Wales, who I should remember her name, who then is still playing. Tani Lovering. Um, was Tani on that Lovering team. was yeah. a star. You know, she was fantastic. Um, there was one player who missed out on maybe it was probably that trip, who was. Um, <clears throat> Probably the best female baseballer that I've ever seen. Um, not many people will remember her. She might have played one season for New South Wales, but she was an Australian softballer. Sue Fairhurst? Sue Fairhurst. Yes, Sue yeah. Fairhurst is possibly the biggest she, hitter I've seen. Um, I remember we had a training camp at um, Geelong. So we, we yep. brought them all in. We stayed, we probably stayed at Deacon or somewhere. And she took a ball off the first bounce right centre field into into Geelong at their ground. Hmm. Um, yeah, she had she was she had tools. She was on um, our World Series team in Florida in two thousand and two. Oh, she did make a team. She, yeah, hit, right, a, okay. she hit a ball. We still swear hit the top of Tropicana's roof. Um, she hit a ball off right. the left centre or right centre <laughs> fence. Um, it, yeah, basically, there's no way I would want to field in the infield against her. No, <laughs> so she was probably the you know the the best player for that short period of time but yep. then there was others for longevity um you know like simone and like sam and um who had played over that period of time you know who you would say were better than her ultimately because they played more games but for pure talent she was she was the best player hmm. so from a victorian perspective do you, you don't want to name names do you do you have a like who was your hardest worker who was your uh yes no nah, yeah no nah, yeah nah <laughs> I'm surprised you remember you've remembered as you know, many I like as Simone you know. because she'd just go out there and perform. I like Sammy because she played hurt a lot because she was always freaking hurt. And I'd always say, Sam, you know, you're okay. And she'd go, yeah, no, I'm all right. And I knew she was hurt, but I still wanted to throw her out there anyway because she caught the ball at first base. Um, you know, I liked, um, who else? You know, I liked Pam. You know, mm. it's like, it's. I can tell this story now and, you know, because Pam's Pam, you know, she's she's a different beast. And all the all the, the, the women or the girls would say, oh, who's your favourite? Who's your favourite? Who's your favourite? And I go, fucking shut up. I don't have favourites. And they go, you must have favourites. And just to annoy them, I, a lot of the time I'd go, and rightly so, I'd go, Pam's my favourite. And they go, oh, Pam, you know, she's she a bit like this. And I'd go, yeah, Pam bloody hit a double today. And um, did this, and she helped us win today. She becomes my favourite. And I had to instill in that, actually. I preferred some to talk to over others. But, you know, none of them were really my friends. But the people (laughs) that were helping, the people, the players that were helping us win, they they were my favourites, you know. And Pam helped us win quite a bit, you know. She played hard. She was a hard, hard person, you know. Um, So, yeah, and then... 
Um, who else do we have out there? Um, some star players. Well, Ella Holly and someone that you haven't mentioned. Ella came along in the second year. Oh, yeah. Year. Ella, well, no, Ella was there. Yeah, second year and went to the World Cup. It yeah. was an Australia pitcher for yeah, a while. She was one of the early ones. And she, um, yeah, she, she had that sneaky little fastball. And then she had the good curveball as well. Give me some other notes. Have you got the team? There's Melissa Whitaker. Wow, she could play. Yep. She was a good athlete. Oh. Melissa Whittaker, who was oh, then um, at Malvern, which was I'd, I'd had a fair bit to do with her because I'd been coaching Malvern at the time. She was a really good athlete. You know, she would have been a good a good player in, in a whole bunch of sports. I would have thought she was athletic. You know, could run. When I came in, broke into the new, to the Victorian team in two thousand and three. That's she was one of my idols because she could play. Yep. She was playing infield. She was playing, she played third. She played second base. She was out in the outfield with me. And then, oh, do you know who was, um, I've got to hang on. Um, I'm just looking at names now because she was a super player. So there's one player we haven't talked about, which in my opinion is one of the best hitters we've ever seen. And that's Dee Lee. I was just about to mention Dee Lee. So sorry, Dee. <laughs> and I used to, I saw Dee a few times at beginning because her, one of her kids was involved in really high up karate or jujitsu yeah, or something. Yeah, we're trying to get it. So, Dee, if you're listening, we're still trying to get a daughter to play. Yeah. Her daughter's playing softball. And we're, oh, know, we're okay. No, Dee was a star. <laughs> Dee um, was a really good player. Um, you know, we played her out in the outfield. She'd run everything down. Um, she'd either hit one or two for us. And yeah. I remember that first World Series, she struggled the first couple of games. Now, in women's baseball, because they didn't play a lot, that like 0 for 6, everyone thought they were struggling. Yeah. Yeah, because they were used to getting three and four hits in club baseball. And she she would have been 0 for 6 or 1 for 6, and she was really struggling. And I had a little bit of pressure from a few people to not play her or to drop her down the batting order. And I remember grabbing her and just saying, you're hitting whatever, I think she was hitting two or three for us. You're just going to hit two or three. I'm just going to put you out there every day. You're hitting two or three. And inevitably, she came good because she, she was such a, you know, such a great player. So, you know, and, and Kat Rowe was on that team as well. And, you know, Kat, Kat, could, Kat could really Now, the other one who was a very good player as well on that team, and I think she might have been on that first Victorian team too, was Alyssa Tamburino, who was a super good player for us. She was indeed. Tambers was on that first um, Victorian team. She was went to a couple of World Cups as well. Um, yeah. Amazing, um, amazing player. And just could hit, could pitch, could, you know. Um, and one of the stories that came out of that first World Cup was that I got thrown out of a game. Uh, that first series World Cup, um, I got tossed out of a game for the very first time in my life. I got thrown. Yes. Um, and... Um, the, the context behind that is Ella Holingham was pitching and they, we were playing against the USA and there was a yep. play at first base. And, and we were doing okay, weren't we? We, we were, were holding our Yeah, we actually yeah. were. And yeah. Sam was at first base. She jumped up. I remember I was in the – I'm pretty sure I was in the dugout. And I Sam jumped up. She caught the ball and they caught it safe. And you immediately yes. ran out and Ella was on the mound and, and you were kicking – we were on the AstroTurf at, at Edmonton. I swear you were kicking dirt. And you got you got kicked out. And we were like – Sam's like – you went up to Sam and Sam said, I think it was out. And you were like, that's all I need and anything. And so we got – they called it safe. You got ejected. You got sent out. And it was the very next day – it, was, it wasn't that bad. I think I said you're just incompetent. To the guy. <laughs> you took offence. But the very next day, because obviously it's not recorded. It's not on TV. Back then, we got hardly anything. And the very next no. day, a fan hung over the fence to ask Sam to sign the photo of the actual play. And you can see oh. the ball in her glove and her foot's on the mound. And the girl was... Yeah. 
about two feet before. You were 100% correct. It wasn't even close. And it was a close game. And, and we were ultra competitive. And anyway, but I remember um, that. And Alyssa was, oh, computers were really quite new, you know. It's like, and I, I put in an appeal. First of all, I rang up baseball because I was going to get fined a thousand US dollars. And I thought, hang on. So I ring Baseball Australia up, and Don Knapp was the CEO. He goes, no, 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 don't worry about it. We'll cover it. I'm thinking, beautiful. And the next thing I thought, well, they're going to, they chucked me out for a, another game. I yeah, think, I think you missed the semi-final, didn't you? Yeah, and then so I, I said, oh, who can type? And Alyssa goes, yeah, because that was what she was doing at that time. I think she was working for Avis or Budget or someone. So Hertz. I come in. <laughs> Sorry? I think it was Hertz. Why do I know that? Hertz, I, yeah. So good bet. <laughs> Anyway, I come in, I go, all right, come with me, Alyssa. We find some office somewhere at the hotel we were staying at and I type, and I get her to type up because I couldn't type and I dictate this really heartfelt letter about how I'd never, you know, I've been in the game for 30 years and I'd never been thrown out and this and this and this and this and she types it all up nicely and I sign it and we get it off there. And the dirty stinker, who was the technical official for um, World Baseball, whatever they were called, he, um, he said, well, you can appeal. And I go, well, that's what I want to do, mate. I want to appeal. And he goes, yeah. you're." He do, and he was the one who'd thrown me out. Oh. And I said, who do I appeal to? And he goes, you appeal to me. So there's no <laughs> chance. <I'm> like, <laughs> I'd like to, I like to think the World Cup has evolved a little oh. bit since that 2004 World it's Cup. Like... It was Well, we came, forth, <laughs> we, we came forth at that World Cup. So you, you've gone and you've coached Victoria to three national titles the first ever World Series in 2001, and then 2004, that first World Cup. And then that was it for you. You stepped away from women, you stepped away officially from women's baseball. Yeah, I, well, I probably, I'd been at baseball, I can't, well, I'm not sure what date that would have been or where it was, but you know, we, we all need to hand over things. And um, you know, all the times that I was coaching, um, <clears throat> I was still probably coaching club baseball as well. Yep. Um, and I didn't get any, um, you know, I still had to work full time. Um, you know, so something, you know, probably I had to give something up at that point. And, um, and there were some other good coaches coming through, hmm. you know, we, we started to attract, I think, um, I think that first Victorian team, Amanda Telford was a coach, um, and Jeff, and I'm going to remember his name. He was a pitching coach. He was from St Kilda. Jeff and remember St Kilda, Jeff Leonard, yeah. Um, he was a great guy and Amanda was a great coach and remember St Kilda had been a really strong, you know, one of the very first really strong women's teams in that um, in that era. You know, they were my first, St Kilda was my very first summer club before going to Doncaster. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So it was great that we had Jeff and, and Amanda had been involved, you know, really heavily. She was at, um, at Malvern. But then, you know, as, as we said, you know, Kane... Um, Kane had been a, you know, a really, um, well, still was, you know, still playing strong baseball. And because um, he was partners with Farina, he started to take over after that. And then who got involved after that? Um, you know, a whole bunch. You know, Dom Ruggiero was involved there at one point, And Maddie, Maddie was involved at one point, And then Tim Ballard got involved. So along the way, you know, there's been some really good, some really good coaches. Look, to be honest, I, you know, I'd, I'd forgotten that we hadn't lost a game in those first three years. I mean, it would have been better for us to have lost games because the other states would have got stronger quicker. Now, New South Wales then picked up. You know, they 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 then got quite strong and then WI won and one or two. Um, but I think it was probably good for the states to have a walk and say, well, 
you know, this is the standard that we need to get to. And, um, you know, because it wasn't just that we were winning, you know, winning the games. They were all, well, lots of them were 10 run games, especially in that first year. It was ridiculous. So yeah. um, I think by the third year, I think when we went to Sydney, I think WA were, came close to us at one point. And we got into the final. I, I know we made the grand final. I think we're going to play WA. And they thought they had a chance. I didn't think they had much chance at all. And the game got washed out. Um, so to this day, they still think that they probably... And we finished on top. So we ended up winning it because of that. But um, it was starting to get a bit closer. Yeah. And, and that was a good thing. We needed those the other states to get better. But Victoria's only failed to make the, the championship game on two occasions at the 23 events. And I ne- never forget the first time that happened. It was 2010 on the Gold Coast and we missed it. And it was just heartbreaking. And then we missed it again two years later in 2012. And I actually think it was fantastic to see WA win. I wish that we've seen, mm. I wish it would seen more WA in Queensland and everyone come along. It just hasn't happened, but yeah. Um, yeah, I hope, I hope it does. But I guess I, I still yeah. put it down to those first three years of the way you trained and then what those girls that came out of those, all those women that came out of those programs that then filtered on as players and coaches, the Victorian team. I think the Grant Weir effect is still living strong. Well, and if I, um, if I, um, you know, said something not politically incorrect, I don't think I would have said that, but if I wasn't as empathetic as I could have been over those couple of years, um, I apologize. And, And look, I know we're, we're, starting to, to wrap it up a little bit now, but, um, and this is no offense to, well, it's no offense to any baseball, but I did I did for a year um, take over as the Victorian Institute of Sports softball coach, um, you know, and um, I thought, oh, that'd be good for a year. And um, that was a, a, um, a program where they were fully funded. Um, so, and I was a full-time coach of the Victorian Institute of Sports softball team. And there was some, you know, some reasonable, some reasonable athletes in that team um, and they had everything paid for. You know, all their trips were paid for and um, all their trainings and they got free gym membership and through all through the VIS and had all the gear and everything like that and they had a full-time coach. Wow. And, um, and we trained twice a week, if that, because they didn't want to. Um, we trained on Saturday mornings. Um, they played once a week. Um, if I called early work, we didn't get too much early work in. There were no one turned up for early work. Uh, and I couldn't help but compare it to those first three years where everyone was, you know, those, both, both were still working, whereby, but everyone was paying their own way, mm. buying their own uniforms, um, you know, coming off a really low base, um, of not having played, I was a volunteer coach. Um, yep. You know, other coaches were volunteers. They were paying two and three grand, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I and their commitment that and I was biased, of course. But the first three years, the commitment of the Victorian women's baseball team and their competitiveness and their desire, etc., was better than that full-time VIS program. Wow, that's that's a massive. Yeah. A huge tick for those girls, the, the, the 20 women that made that inaugural team and, and the girls that played. I think it is. And in fact, I, I had to, after a year, I had to leave that VIS program because um, their culture was working very well for, for them. They enjoyed it. It was a good culture for them 
it wasn't a good culture for me. So, And again, I go back to the culture that you created in Victorian women's baseball is still felt today. And those, the, the players in, in that team aren't just the, the greatest women that have played in Victoria or Australia. They're actually some of the greatest women who have been involved in, and are still involved in women's baseball to this day, as I said, running clubs, setting clubs up, um, things like that. So personally, and I think that the people who've been involved in this program say are absolute the biggest thank you, the, the hugest thank you to you for what you've done well, it's thank for you. the sport. Yeah, um, you know, yeah that, and that's really nice. Um, I often say it's great to have um, strong, independent, intelligent women in your life. And for, you know, three years I had 30 or 40 of them in my life. So that was, that was pretty cool for me, I would have thought. That is absolutely awesome. So, uh, yeah, I just want to, I want to say thank you. I got to you coach me once at the 2004 World Cup. If I can only say I got coached by you once, I can say it was at a World Cup, which is pretty cool. I spent a bit of time on the bench in the dugout with you that World Cup. I got to learn a yeah. bit of a colourful language as a rookie there and <laughs> things that happened. But I just want to say thank you for for everything you've done for women's baseball and still do for women's baseball. And, um, yeah, thank you for being on on the show. Thank you very much, Amy.